It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. Once again, welcome to another Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this fine program, diligently seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my friend, my attorney, my co-host, who probably should be your attorney, but you can find out about that at the next workshop, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? Doing fine, thank you. Happy September. I hope you're well. I hope you're working hard and cooling off finally, are yeah, you? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still working hard. I'm not sure I'm cooling off. <laughs> okay. Well, this program will maybe cool some people off because we have a very interesting issue. I watch the Datelines in the 2020s and those programs every once in a while, and they're fascinating to me because a lot of times they can't find the deceased. And these detectives say all the time, well, it's really hard to convict someone when you don't have a dead body, when the body's just missing or the person's still missing. And what do you do? When does the insurance declare them dead? It's really complicated stuff. And you wanted to address that directly and indirectly today. Yeah. I, you know, let me think about this. You should know in August, there were those wildfires in Hawaii mm-hmm. and Lahaina. And there was all these different people who were missing. Right. Hundreds. Hundreds. Right. And some of them have said... Uh, rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> exactly. And they found them. They said, how do we get our name on the list? Right. Uh, but others are missing. Awful. So what happens if you can't find that missing person? How do you settle their estate? What if they have a will? You know, typically when you probate a will, you have to do various things. Um, the executor, there's usually an executor named in the will. That's the one who gathers up the assets, pays off all the bills, uh, and then uh, distributes according to the terms of the will. But before you do that, you have to say that the person's dead. Well, how do you show that they're dead? Mm-hmm. How do we know that they're so, Like I just said, a couple of people said, how did we get our name on this list that we were dead or at least missing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what if you were just missing? Mm-hmm. How do you sell the state? We don't know for sure if the person's dead. You need a dead body, I think, is kind of yeah, yeah, to be yeah. graphic. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, there's all sorts of shows on they, things like that. So what happens? There was the Malaysian aircrafts, uh, remember, right. years ago. Mm-hmm. What happens if you can't – there's been no proof. You know, usually in a lot of the courts, uh, when you have probate courts or county courts, we show a death certificate. Mm-hmm. And you have somebody testify that somebody is deceased. But how do you know for sure? What do you do in a situation like that? Well, as they say, where there's a will, there's a way. And under the Texas Estates Code, now, 
This is not the laws of every state are different. I cannot tell you what the laws of Hawaii are, but it was just like I said, what was going on in Hawaii right now where we might not have known where some missing people are. I'm sure that Hawaii has an estate, has an, a code mm-hmm. uh, that deals with the states right. similar to Texas. Just like on a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Michael Orr uh, uh, situation with guardianships, that the Tennessee laws are somewhat similar to Texas, probably, somewhat, but the laws of the state of each different. By the way, uh, I should mention, uh, if anybody was interested in the Michael Orr story that we talked about, we have podcasts, and uh, you could always listen to any of these podcasts, uh, either by clicking onto our website, Dallas Elder lawyer.com or get on SoundCloud or iTunes, the typical mm. uh, places that have podcasts. I can't, anyway. I can't imagine the PTSD of those survivors, though, from having to have to run to the ocean in order to not burn, um, their houses being lost, their loved ones being lost, and now they can't find a body. Right. And so then what do you do? With, and now, also, now how, how you can't prove that they're dead. Right. And... How do you deal with the estate? And, of course, the insurance company is going to hold off, and they're going to say, yeah. well, no body, no, no, no premium, no, right. no inheritance. <laughs> right, right. Remember, I, I don't know if you remember the story from years ago where you talked about a case where the, there was a husband and wife. The, the husband was disabled, and he would always fall off the bed. And in that, that – so they put rails uh, along the side of the bed, and unfortunately – uh, the uh, husband got his head somehow stuck stuck between the rails and choked and died. Uh, and they wouldn't issue a death certificate because it was suspicious. You know, they, they had to look into it. Uh, how did that happen? How did that happen? Uh, so uh, I, I had, by the way, I had no idea. I'd never seen anything like that. Uh, and so we wanted, the wife couldn't get to honey money, like the, the life insurance. And then there was also like a retirement account. Uh, I, I found out, by the way, just switching gears, there, there was such a thing as a temporary death certificate. Wow. You're temporarily dead. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. It, it, we, we were able to get around it, but that's a different story. Anyway, right. what happens if you cannot find – there's other assets. We got land in Lahaina. How do I get that land to my beneficiaries under my will? Right. So uh, in Texas, there is a procedure, uh, so the, there's actual laws on what to do. Uh, so first, the first thing is – how do you? How can they even determine if you're dead? Well, there's got to be circumstantial evidence. Now, the problem is when you actually apply for probate, you also have to give notice. How do you give notice to a dead person? Well, there's actually a law. <laughs> okay. You could have uh, the executor has a duty to have what's called a cite. There has to be citation. Uh, so that they could, and that citation, at least in Texas, has to be at least posted. How is a potential dead person going to know? Very well, true. Can, how do you, do you, you have to, they could have a citation by publication. Oh, there could be an ad in the newspaper. Um, there could be, uh, you, you would have to show that you might call the police in Texas, we have the Texas Department of Public Safety Missing and Unidentified Persons Online Bulletin. 
You just don't put somebody's picture on a milk carton. Okay, good. <laughs> there are public welfare agencies uh, that could try to conduct a search. So the court will probably, first of all, they're probably going to make you wait for a while. Now, remember, we talked earlier, I don't know if it was in this week's show or last week's show, uh, we talked earlier about uh, you have to probate within four years. But you probably, for if you have a missing person, it's going to be longer before you could probate because you want to give some time to see if the missing person shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally you'll hear about these stories about, oh, somebody was missing in whatever. They were wandering. Maybe uh, maybe it's somebody with some dimension. They wandered off and who knows where, and they found them uh, in some other city. Uh, it could be any number of things. Um, a lot of times, uh, you know, we just don't know. There's a lot of different natural disasters. Mm-hmm. We hear about people missing in the rubble. You know, then what happens if they go away with somebody? And who yeah. knows? Who knows? Who knows? So, uh, so the state, the judge, could even say, "Okay, executor, you have to hire a private investigator." How are they going to pay for that? Well, use the funds of the estate. So you're going to have to wait a while. You're going to have to show due diligence as far as citation, whether it's some sort of publication. Police, Department of Public Safety, public welfare, private investigators. And then after several years, then they may allow you to uh, the will to be probated. But there's a different rule, too, as far as when you could distribute. Usually when you have the probate process, let's quickly tell about the probate process. You apply for probate. uh, You give notice to any beneficiaries. You uh, have a hearing. Uh, you have proof that the person died and the facts relating to the estate. Uh, you sign an oath. The judge signs an order. The executor typically signs an oath that they'll fulfill the duties. And then there's what's called letters testamentary that are issued. That's the – or letters of administration. Uh, that gives the authority of the person to act on behalf of the estate. Um, sometimes you do letters of administration as opposed to letters testamentary. Most people hear letters testamentary, but like on that that case where we talked about with the joint will, uh, I think on last week's show, uh, that the um, person is going to have to do letters of administration. So even though it was executor, they weren't independent. So we're going to try to get... Um, any beneficiaries to say that they can act independently. So even if the will was had a mistake, there's ways to correct it under the law. So there, Texas State's Code tells you all sorts of different things on all sorts of different scenarios of what you could do, what ifs. Well, anyway, um, in this case, if you have a missing person, you have to wait a few years before you get the letter testamentary, unlike uh, the situation that's normal. And is it like with an insurance company, for example, do they have a fixed and finite deadline for when you can do that, or is it case by case? Well, first of all, insurance, yeah, this is another issue because usually the insurance uh, has, it goes outside of probate. It just goes directly to the beneficiary. So you're going to have to go by what they're going to require. They may require that proof of death. They may require you go through probate just to see that there's a court order. 
So can they say no body, no payout? I mean, can they do um, that? Well, I think if you have a court order, okay. then the, the, they they don't want to have liability. Right. So they may want, usually whether it's government or insurance companies, they're going to want, if you have a court order, then they feel comfortable. What does happen, though, that does raise the question of what happens if they find if the person who is missing comes back. Uh, that is also a problem for sure. Before we get into that one, though, I want to talk about your next workshop, which is a free workshop on Saturday, September 23rd at 10 o'clock, because this allows people to ask questions about their situation, their individual circumstances, and you'll answer that to the best of your abilities right there on the spot, which then, if they attend that workshop, allows them to go to a private meeting, which is a vision meeting, to address their issues more comprehensively in an hour's meeting with you. And I, I find that very generous on your part. Yeah, it's three free hours. Mm-hmm. It's no obligation. Right. It's Great. free. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ask people what we, you know, this is an educational deal. Uh, we hope that uh, whether you, uh, whatever your goal may be, mm-hmm. at least you could kind of clarify in your mind what your goals may be in more clarity, more focus, mm-hmm. and what could be at risk. And if, see, you know, like on any business decision, what, what do you do? Is, there, is it worth doing anything else or mm-hmm. not? Right. It may not be. You maybe have enough insurance or you feel like you have enough insurance. And I use insurance in the, you know, as an analogy that, uh, to me, legal documents are like insurance. So if you have a power of attorney, it's like cheap disability insurance. Mm-hmm. If you have a will or trust, well, what do you want to protect? Do you want to protect the if your spouse gets remarried? If you have children from a different relationship, are you concerned about just making it as easy as possible for my, my beneficiaries to get their assets without any delay? Are you concerned about uh, your son or daughter's spouse, uh, that they may get remarried and they may give her all your assets that you've worked off all your life mm-hmm. to go to a family you might not know? Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about creditors? Are you concerned about you either getting sued or your beneficiaries being sued? Are you concerned about an addiction? Does anybody have an addiction? What about if anybody's disabled at your death? What if you're disabled during your life? What about, you know, the, the what-ups continue. So the questions become, that's how much do you want to insure against? And so those are the type of things that we look at your documents and say, okay, this is what you say. Is, what, is that what you want? Is there more things? That, is there something else that we don't know about? Is there a tax issue? Maybe. I don't know. So we just kind of look at whatever the story may be uh, and say, okay, here's where you're okay, and here's where maybe you're not okay. If there's something that's not okay, okay. If you want to do something, fine. If you don't want to do something, fine. Go on. Two points on human nature. Human nature is we care about today. We think about today. Michael's job is to think about the future. That's what he does. Uh, The other human nature issue is that when it comes to hiring people, Um, electing a president or hiring someone like Michael Cohen, you want to kick the tires. The only way to kick the tires is to be there in person. And it never occurred to me after doing this show for 10 years with Michael that seeing him in person in action will really tell you if he's right for you. And if he's not, he's not. Michael doesn't take offense to that. It's just wrong fit in your opinion. But the best way to know for sure is to attend that workshop because they're free. You get donuts, coffees, free 
get to blame coffee mug. You get time with Michael for three hours, and you get to see him in action to decide if he can help you or not, and then you can go to that free vision meeting. Yeah, so you don't even have to go to the free meeting. If nope. you don't want to go to a free meeting, you don't have to go to a free mm-hmm. meeting. Um, but, you know, we do give that as an option, and, of course, that's appealing to a lot of people because you get three free hours of legal education without any obligation or cost. Yep. Uh, so um, we hope that you'll join that next uh, and workshop. And where's the workshop again, if you can tell uh, them? Over at our conference center of our office building, which is right behind, or well, I guess depends on the way you look at it, uh, right uh, next to, uh, across the street from Medical City Hospital, okay. which is at uh, Forest and Central, mm-hmm. which is um, about a mile south of LBJ. Okay. Um, and, you know, we, of course, we'll give you directions. What are you, about 15, 20 minutes North of downtown on 75, Route 75? Well, I guess it depends on the, the uh, traffic. traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, so. with no traffic, of course. But we want you to attend that workshop. You won't regret it. It's invaluable time well spent. To do that, dial 214-720-0102 to sign up, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. His name is Michael Cohen. He's in Dallas, and he's been practicing estate planning law for decades now. Michael um, we got about eight or nine minutes left of the program. What else should someone do when someone might be missing and they can't find them? Yeah, well, let's say that the person comes back. We thought that, you know, let's say that they waited for a few years, they probated the will by the circumstantial evidence, as we talked about in the first part of the show. Uh, they got letters testamentary, mm-hmm. and maybe the executor even distributed the assets. That's a problem. Goodness. And they said, oh... I was just taking a trip to Hong Kong. I and to get I, away and like, for five years. Yeah, there was there was a pandemic. Yeah. And I, I just decided to stay there because I didn't want to travel. Or I went on a mission trip in Africa. Right, and, right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Mm-hmm. And they came back. Well, all right, so what do you do now? Goodness. I've given away all the, your assets. What can the courts do? Well, first of all, they can say give your – to the extent there's anything left – I'm entitled to get my assets back. However, there are some exceptions, like on real estate. Let's say you sold the real estate, the executor sold the real estate. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever's left of the proceeds you get, or if there was rent, uh, you could get that. But if you had a bona fide purchaser, the bona fide purchaser didn't know, executor didn't know, and so you can't get that property back. good and fair. So you get the residue of the estate, mm-hmm. uh, everything restored to you, mm-hmm. but um, on real estate, if there's a bona fide purchaser for fair market value, then you can't get that. I wonder if a judge might say, you should have known better. You shouldn't have just left everybody and gone MIA for half a century or decade or whatever, and it's your fault, so sorry. You know, that's... A lot of times uh, that that gets to be the judge is just going to follow the law. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just telling you about this case uh, last week about the person didn't probate within four years. Eh, they had an excuse, uh, but sometimes you could probate a will after four years. But they had four years, and so because they didn't do it within four years, they have to go by the law. And now these heirs have have these rights that they want to deal with, and mm. they're out there for the money. They sure are. So the judge is going to just go by the law. Whatever the law is, okay. everybody should go by the law. And the law is state law, typically. This is state law. Okay. Well, you say law or federal law, you ought to go by the laws. Okay. Um, okay, so now what about that executor who made all that distributions? Do they have personal liability? Mm. 
I hope not. You're right. <laughs> you're absolutely. That's what the law is. Your right. your inst- your instincts are right. Good. Uh, if you know if there was circumstantial evidence that the person was dead, and you got a court order, you're not liable. Similarly, uh, a lot of times you have what's called a bond surety. So the surety company is not liable either. It's, this also reminds me to tell you about gets back to that. Uh, awful online will that we were talking about just a minute ago that was a joint will. In that case, switching gears, uh, unfortunately, I'm glad that they did something. Husband had pancreatic cancer, and they said, I got to sign a will immediately. So they just downloaded something online, and they did a joint will. By the way, joint wills you hardly ever see. Please don't do joint wills. Mm, Okay. And why again? Oh, it's like a suit on a contract. There's all these liabilities. They were popular in the 1960s. We see them uh, once in a blue moon. But they saw something online, Mm -hmm. and they just downloaded They said, oh, shoot, husband's about to have pancreatic cancer. We all know that that's a quick killer. And this one died very quickly in his 50s, uh, very short period of time, mm-hmm. a couple months. Um, and he said, wife says, oh, dang, I better get a will. Mm-hmm. So they did download a will, um, signed it, got two witnesses and a notary. Great. Sounds good. But what are all the – it's going to be a lot more expensive to probate. Mm-hmm. Was problem number one. It didn't say that the executor was independent of court supervision. Oh, that means every time I have to sell something, I have to get the court authority. If I have a house and I want to sell it, I'm going to have to get court approval. Doesn't say independent. Right. Now, by the way, there's a way around that. Just like there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. If all the beneficiaries agree. Now, he has children from a different marriage. If you get all, all the everybody to agree... Okay, all to agree that they could be independent. I don't know if we're going to be able to get around without bond because, it, oh, usually in a will, you have to say, you should say, and most wills do say, independent executor, at least in Texas. Oh, by the way, most states, they don't say independent. Hmm. You just say personal representative or executor of my state. Uh, and so the laws of each state are different. So if you move from another state, to Texas, or if you move to another state, you probably should have it at least reviewed by an attorney in that state that you move to, because the laws are different. It's not to say that the the will might not be valid. It's just that it may be more costly to probate. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make it simpler or cheaper or easier on your heirs, do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. At least have it reviewed. Okay. Um, so uh, in this case, it didn't say independent, and in most states it doesn't. So... Texas say, you want to say it's independent. What does that mean? It makes it simple. In Texas, it's simple to probate, and you can do it without court supervision. We have, we're a state where you could do all the different things without the court saying, uh, saying to the court, mother may I or court may I. In other states like California or New York, they have a much more difficult probate system. Mm-hmm. You have to go... Uh, by every time you do something, you have to get a court approval. That's why trusts are more – it's not to say that people shouldn't have trust in Texas. Everybody's situation is different. And you have to look at uh, the facts. So, for example, uh, if you have property in another state, a lot of times it's better you don't want to probate in two states. So a lot of times people have trust. Or there's lots of other reasons we could go into that if you want. But um, in any event, 
if you have um, property in a different state, you may have to probate in two different states. Mm-hmm. The laws of each state are different. <laughs> you should review it. Um, so in Texas, uh, we say independent, so it's easier. Don't have to get the court approval. In other states, California, New York, I just mentioned, it would be more uh, a more difficult process. <clears throat> and so you should avoid the courts, especially there's such a long backlog in those states with populations and besides the delays. So uh, in any event, use the words independent in Texas. Okay. And you want to say without bond. And don't, as you said, have a joint will because that will just create chaos probably. <laughs> yeah, so what ends up happening is say, let's say uh, the wife, the surviving spouse says, oh, I don't want it to go to his kids anymore. I want it to go to mm-hmm. my kids Goodness. or somebody else. Goodness. So now it's a suit, a breach of contract. You can have contractual uh, wills, by the way, in Texas. There's actually a provision in the estates code. So I have one right now. Husband and wife. She wants to make sure that if he dies, we got a contract here. So we could actually have a contractual provision, even though it's different wills in the will. This is a contractual will. But a lot of times, you know, somebody has money or something and the other one doesn't. Sure. And we want to make sure that this is a we have a right to sue for breach of contract. Okay. Uh, in any event. Help the audience, Mike. What do we do then if someone in their life goes missing? What should they do? Of course, contact their attorney. Well, I mean, you have to have to, have to go by the laws. Right. You have to okay. go by the laws. The laws are, and, and, and the law goes says what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to contact people. You're going to have to contact the police. You're going to have to show you've done an, uh, an effort. Uh, I must say that this doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But we see what happened in Lahaina. Mm-hmm. It could occur. And those poor people, too, because then they have – it's – insult to injury and and on top of everything their one key industry is it is tourism and that's done yeah and people you know it's only part it's Lahaina but there's other parts of Maui right and people are not going there now and tourism is like such a uh, you know one of the biggest industries weddings events you name it they're just going to call them off and they're going to lose tens of millions of dollars of course of course very sad yeah that's unfortunately but in any event the good news is there are laws probably in every state Mm -hmm. to cover the situation if somebody's missing but you have to look at the laws of that state here circumstantial evidence delay uh before there's letters testamentary and before you probably could even probate have to use the due diligence to give notice for the citation uh, and then you have the laws on what happens if the person comes back uh, and about liability. Uh, so there's there's laws, and you just have to go by what those laws might be. Uh, and so the good news is there is a way. There is a will. There's a way, uh, even if the person is missing. Excellent. Michael Cohen, I thank you so much for this education. If you want another better, longer one than the one you just got on the air today, sign up for Michael's next workshop, which is Saturday, September 23rd at 10 o'clock. Dial 214-720-0102-214-720-0102 or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you.
leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.